When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock podcast with me, your host, Russell Guyver, talking about the beautiful club within the beautiful game and with two new de- well, debutants for the podcast are joining us today. Um, I have with me Ryan and I have Tiffany. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Hello. Good to see you both. You're both um, you're both looking at me from the same Zoom screen and you are based in Brighton, I think. Is that right? Yep. And we're based in Brighton, like uh, about 10 years now. Yeah, yep. yeah, about, yeah, more than 10 years. Oh, wow. Excellent. Brilliant. So um, the reason we've got you on, well, as Brighton fans is is one thing in general, but more particularly, um, I sort of met you guys at a, an invited event for supporters groups um, earlier this season uh, after Roberto De Zerbi had joined us. And I think it was during the World Cup. Um, in fact, during the event, um, McAllister scored his goal in the World Cup, which was great, um, his first goal. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I thought, this is interesting. We've got a lot of Asian fans in, in present here. You guys are both from Hong Kong originally, is that right? Yeah, we came from Hong Kong. Yep, excellent. And, and are you the Hong Kong Seagulls? Is that the uh, official oh. designation? Yeah, so, yeah, we established it um, since I think uh, uh, we got we have this idea about 2019, right before COVID, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and, and we developed this idea with with uh, um, getting in touch with the supporter surface and um, uh, looking to getting our um, um, well, basically at the time we uh, have a Facebook page in in Cantonese, uh, um, obviously. Uh, they were about like uh, I think a, a few hundred ish people following. Since you know Brighton's not the the the, the most um the biggest club in Premier League at, um, at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So um we were trying to get the, to to promote the team uh, uh in the in Hong Kong and uh, well basically we we get in touch with them and 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 the team just getting better and better and. Yeah, somehow we got to get it really official in about when? I reckon it's because the delay happened because of COVID. So we were trying to do this 2019 and then it just been a little bit of a bumpy ride, you know, yeah. trying to get that sorted. But then once we got that done, then um, at the time, because we've got the Facebook page and then it is run by our president, which is, you know, he is actually the president because he's in Hong Kong and he set up that Facebook page. And yeah, without right. that page, there's no, I, I would say we don't really have, you know. The, without his contribution, yeah. there, there won't be us. He, <laughs> so what he does is he does uh, Cantonese live commentary on Facebook for like, every single game that yeah. the Albion is in. Even cup game. Even cup game. Uh, Even no life. <laughs> and then I think, um, and then, so that's where it was started. And then at the time when 2019, uh, we got roughly about a couple hundred and now it grew into, I think at the 2000? moment it's 2000 people ish. Wow. 
So wow, that's really taken yeah. off, hasn't it? Yeah, that's brilliant. I'm, I have to admit, I wasn't too well aware. I'd seen a couple of accounts on Twitter and things like that, so you can tell there's some interest. But I, I didn't realise there was so much interest, actually, until, um, well, really, what you've just said, uh, following on from what I noticed this season with um, with people at games and everything else that's been going on. Um, and that's incredible. It's great. So it's been going – so it was established relatively recently – um, so it's uh, last year in the summer, yeah. so kind of like about August time. It, mm. it is in conjunction, kind of like we, we it happened with a lot of things happened obviously after COVID and then a lot of um, actually, you know, due to different reasons, but there are more Hong Kong uh, immigrants, people that are in the UK now as well. So there are additional like reasons and obviously there are students as well. And then we've got like this little community going on. And hence, we also felt like, you know, as in supporting a local team, then we have to establish like our own supporters club. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. Yeah, which is great. I think it's it's good. The more supporters groups, the better, I think, because it just creates more and more of an interest and generates a lot of uh, excitement as well. And um, particularly when you've got these events, such as one we mentioned that uh, we were invited to earlier, it's a chance for uh, people from different groups to meet up as well. So there's that element. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have been chatting to you guys probably at the moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's really good. I'm, I'm loving the fact there's um, so many members. I mean, that that's superb. Um, but let's talk about you, you in particular as Albion fans. Um, you just said, I think it was off air before, that you've, uh, you've been in Brighton, is it, for 10 years, around that sort of time. So um, how did you come to be in Brighton? How did you come to be Brighton fans originally? And when, when did you actually um, start supporting the club? Was that 10 years ago or more recently? Um, it all started, um, I visit... Uh... Uh, the UK in 2008 visiting a friend uh, a family friend mm-hmm. uh, which uh, um, they based in uh, uh, somewhere near nearby um, and somewhat I um, that was the first uh, city I visited uh, that trip at, um, which is Brighton mm-hmm. uh, I kind of feel like you know it, it's really similar to what we have in Hong Kong you know it's uh, by the sea, you know, a seaside city. Um, um, you know, it's it it just you know reminds me a lot of of, of Hong Kong, and 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 it's just yeah, it's, I I like it a lot more than better than than you know the tourist places or, 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 or well, well it, it is a tourist place. Well, but I mean, yeah, it, it's you know compared to London or some some other you know popular destinations, I really like Brighton. And hmm. I started, um, and actually, the uh, our, our friendly, uh, family friends, they, um, uh, they have uh, the the season tickets to to access to to the games. At the time, I think we were championship or or, or some, somewhat, yeah, hmm. I, I guess so, yeah. And well, I start that, that was the first live match uh, uh, that that I watched in, in England, and I just start to feel like it it somewhat. To be my local team, but but not as much at the time. But then you know, it, it the feeling grows stronger and stronger by time. Hmm. Great. Uh, about you? Well, it's roughly the same. And then you know, come here to study, and then and then it's just that you have to support your local team. You no, know? so once you decided to stay here, then I just felt like you know, this is something that this is a club that we should support, and especially 
this club, you know, they do a lot of things with local community as well. And mm. it is something that it's not, not like a lot of the bigger clubs, you know, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It does stay in touch with its roots, I think, a lot more. And um, I'm, I'm sure you know some quite a bit about the history, but we've had our struggles through the years. And I think we've wanted to not lose touch. I say we, the club uh, itself, has not wanted to lose touch with its community as it's grown and grown. And I think to some degree that happens a bit because, you know, it's Premier League, it gets very corporate. But um, I think as far as we can do, I think um, we've we've been OK, haven't we, in that regard, I think. Um, and uh, it's been good. I'm glad you said that because I think it's it's um, it is true that we've, we've got, there's a community feel still, and um, I like the fact that we've got that. I think it's important to keep that. And also, yeah, you're right. It is a bit of a unique city. I think it is unusual. It's not it's not your typical place. Um, I don't live there anymore. I'm in London at the moment, but um, I, I love going back down to Brighton because that feels like home um, there and thereabouts is where I was born and brought up. And um, it, it's always been a great place. But um, how, how have you found it in terms of um, the football? So you would have you would have been so you would have seen the promotion season, which is great. Great time to be alive. <laughs> it was really good. Um, you would have seen the celebrations. I'm sure. What did you were you going regularly to games and how did you celebrate when we got the promotion? Well, at the time, I well, uh, we only I, got season ticket uh, roughly about two years ago. But I think it was kind of like lucky and unlucky, but we do actually feel like maybe we got hold of the season ticket because of COVID because after COVID a lot of people dropped out of their own season tickets and it opens up quite a lot of space for other people who are like us who are trying to get it but wouldn't be able to but now we've got it and this is our second season with our season ticket in West End so yeah but I go to matches like regularly since uh, well let's say for this seven to eight years I guess Hmm. I well I I watched the, the 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 game that we got promoted, but I wasn't in the stadium. Uh, yeah, but I, at the time we, I think we were both studying in Brighton, I, aren't we? I don't. Oh, some, yeah, some some time like that. Twenty seventeen, yeah. this would have been. So I don't know if that helps you place it. But, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's that's great. But you get the feel for the you know the the good the feel good factor around the city at the time. I'd imagine. Um, party time wherever you go <laughs> for those few. <laughs> <days. laughs> Great stuff, yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so you've got your season tickets now. You say you've had had those for a couple of years, which is great. And did you say it was the West you're in? Yeah, West that... West Lower. West Lower. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. I'm I'm in the West Upper. I'll look down. I'll, I'll look down see if I can see you down there uh, on tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great place. Yeah, West Lower. You get a really good view from there and. Uh, that's a great location you've been enjoying it so far no doubt because the football's been great isn't it yeah yeah indeed um i think we started uh when we first started watching it regularly we were getting a lot of draws like under grand porter right yeah yeah uh, um you know somehow we 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 weren't the, the 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 biggest team and you no one hoped for us to win all the time right but mm. then um yeah we uh um I think when we start watching it regularly, uh, they 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 keep scoring very last minute goals. Do you remember mm. with with Neil Mopay and everyone else? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And and just got that feeling, you know, like this team is really special. And um, 
and and well recently we're superb you know yeah no, I can't complain at all yeah we had a lot of fight last last year the number of draws we had the number of draws which came from the as you said from late equalizers um was incredible wasn't it we had as I said we had both the palace games we had um obviously we had West Ham, we had Southampton, we had I can't remember the others offhand, but I think there's about seven or eight of them, all with late goals. And even was, even when it was late winners as well, I think once or twice. Yeah. It's, um, I was about to say don't talk about Palace game. <laughs> yeah, well yes. This is the this is the uh we're we're looking ahead to the Fulham game. This is um, part one of uh uh, probably a three-parter talking about uh, the Fulham game. So we're going to be previewing that um, a little bit with you guys and then also uh, as part of a match day thing tomorrow. Um, but looking back to the last game, yeah, very, very briefly, it's very frustrating, isn't it? Because we've had such a good season um, to drop points there. Well, yeah, we could have done better, actually. Um Mistake by goalie, shots we may have scored from, but when all said and done, we were robbed by the ref as well. And we, in, to my calculations, with the draw against Villa, if we'd had the penalty there, with wins against Leicester and against Palace, if we'd have had the decisions given our way there, which we should have done, we'd have five more points. We'd be one point off the Champions League with a game in hand. That would have been nice. Um, and also ahead of Tottenham with two games in hand instead of five behind them with two in hand. However, <laughs> however, despite all that, it's been great, hasn't it? And even though we, we dropped points last weekend, it's been a great season, hasn't it? How, how have you found it? I mean, last season, as you said, lots of late equalisers and there's the beginnings of something. You could see the fight there. But as, as Ryan said there, um, it, we've been superb. We've stepped on with the managerial change and all the upheaval. Uh, regardless, we've managed to step on. How have you found, Tiffany, how have you found the football? It's been great, hasn't it? Yeah, I think um, it, it's really down to really the management. Uh, they have really done a great job because, as you know, last time when we went to that um, meet, you know, meet the Serbi event, and then they were say, you know, Paul Baba was saying about how they always got someone, you know, lined up for positions and stuff like that, which is brilliant because everyone outside of the club was kind of like, oh, Brighton's got everyone of, you know, the coach and players, everyone, you know, got bought and then everyone's kind of like, oh, you know, they are not going to do well. They're going to end up like, I don't know, Southampton, Swansea, I don't know, mm. other teams that then stripped off talents. But then we ended up actually fighting back better and better. And then that's very, very, I don't know what's the word to say. It's just fascinating. I like how we surprise our, you know, people who support other teams. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you, you just frighten. It's yeah, like the middle is, to small. I think the thing as well is because we are from Asia and then a lot of the media that we're exposed to are, you know, in Chinese or like wherever. And then back in Asia, people would probably be more likely to support the big six. It's easy for yeah. them to get access to big six, right? Because they are yeah. big teams, they've got the money or because they've been Exposure. winning they're winning trophies yeah. and stuff like that. And then it's just generally people would be like more into those teams. And it is actually quite interesting and funny to look at their comments, you know, because <laughs> a lot of them they don't really understand football in I think in the local perspective. Hmm. And and then it is funny when they kind of, I don't know, we just basically surprised everyone, I would say. 
Yeah, because you've got the Premier League brand and the focus is just at the top end, which, of course, usually is the big six, at least after a few weeks of the season. So for us to be somewhere thereabouts, yeah, it must throw a few spanners in works amongst the media. You see when you watch the games here and the highlights and the coverage, even now here, there's still this focus on the big clubs, you know, just, just in England as well, isn't there, in terms of when we beat Liverpool, it's about how Liverpool are playing badly and the same with the other teams. It's only starting to swing a little bit more as it's persistently happening. I think people are gradually, uh, willingly or begrudgingly giving us more credit uh, bit by bit as it goes on. And as long as we can keep doing what we're doing and keep having um, succession planning and getting new players and new staff to cover as and when someone's nabbed by the big six, um, if if we can keep doing what we're doing, then we could have a, a future uh, ruffling feathers in that way, which would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, but talking about on the on the Asian subject as well, of course, you, this wouldn't be the reason you were supporting because we didn't have anybody specifically at the time. But of course, we've had um, unfortunately no one from Hong Kong. But we have have of course now got Kaoru Mitama who's joined us. He went back out on loan initially, but now he's settled into the team and very quickly. Um, particularly one or two people having been sold. He's gone right up the the rankings in terms of best players. He's got to be right up there now. And how have you found that? I mean, that's that must obviously, you know, different nationality, but it must be intriguing to see how he's been received, how well he's settled in so quickly. And you also have communications with Japanese fans, don't you, who've been following the club or coming over. So tell us a bit about that as well. Yeah, we have a saying in Hong Kong that... Um, Japan is our second home because <laughs> we we uh, I think that's the second most travel uh, uh, destination. Probably, is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, if not the first, uh, uh, the first must be Taiwan, but then then it must be Japan. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong people loves Japan, and yeah. Well, well, even we 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 are uh, uh, yeah we're quite um, we engage with the the Japanese uh, community here. Uh, we watched the World Cup together with uh, the, those other fellow Japanese supporters, mostly Japanese, but uh, there were a few. Um, who's that? Um, a, a teacher. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Japanese friend. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think he was mentioning about um, there is like someone who is English, but then he, I think he's in the uni teaching in the uni. That's why he knows quite a couple of Japanese students. Uh, yeah, yeah. in the uni, and then. It was kind of like a little bit like coincidence as well. So we obviously have, I've already got friends who are Japanese here, but then, you know, you only have this limit, you know, access to a certain community, but then we coincidentally met some of them when we are going to heading to, to a pub and a bar to watch the the Japanese game. And that's when we kind of expanded and, you know, kind of broadened our connections with them because we've got basically just know a little bit more people now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we've got like that. And then... Uh, and we've there's so many in the stadium. And, yeah, and so the many other, in the stadium. away games. It is quite interesting as well because most people seeing us as Asian. It, I mean, <laughs> it is a bit of a stereotypical thing, but it's not like an offensive way, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting how everyone saw us and then the first thing they would say is Mitoma. <laughs> Mitoma. Yeah. Yeah, but, but if you call uh, a Hong fellow Hong Konger, if you call him Japanese, they won't be offended, to be honest. Yeah, we, <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very noticeable that larger numbers all the time seem to be coming from Asia. I'm assuming a number are from Jap- Japan in particular as well to, to see him play, particularly this season. Um, the Bournemouth game was particularly noticeable. How many, well, I think I would guess majority were Japanese the ones I saw at least because my wife's Japanese and I've kind of got an idea of the kind of you, know, you could sort of tell a bit in terms of looks um and also sort of behavior and mannerism sometimes kind of and I would say there was a large number of Japanese people at that Bournemouth game for sure probably a load of people were tourists maybe just tra- who traveled over as part of their itinerary when they've come over to England but in terms of um Japanese community here what sort of numbers are we talking about in terms of um fans who would probably call themselves either casual or serious uh Brighton fans now any ideas don't worry if you don't know. I think it's it they need a little bit I would say education because at <laughs> the right. moment it is very much to do with Matoma and yeah, you yeah. know there's no denying it and and then it's if, not wrong, you know. They're supporting, wrong, yeah, their because they're, people, yeah, yeah, they're supporting their own national, like yeah. their their hero, basically of yes. their national team. So it is not a wrong thing, but but it would be nice. <laughs> it would be nice to get them, you know, to, to know to follow, more about Brighton. Yeah, but then if not, then you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it can it could be a doorway in, can't it? We've had a friend of the show, Amir, who's a Iranian American, and he followed the Albion initially. Um, I think he was looking for a team. He wasn't happy with some. He looked at the, did something on a computer to see what you know one of those programs that says what your ideal team would be. And they, I think it was Swansea or something. He went, no, I don't fancy that. Okay. And then he, he thought, right, okay, well, we've got this Iranian player, a Jahan Batch playing, so I'll I'll pick them and. Obviously, he's long since gone now already, um, and Ami is still fully on board with with the Albion, which is great. So hopefully, some or all, even all of those Japanese fans might stay attached to us, even when Mitama goes. I'm saying when because it's going to be inevitable, isn't it? <laughs> Unfortunately, um, hopefully not too soon. Um, I'm hoping we can keep them a bit longer, but. No, that's great. Yeah, so so it's up to you guys, by the sounds of it, as acquaintances of the Japanese community, to keep selling the notion of of them staying Brighton they fans. Keep telling them they have to support their local team. Absolutely, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. That's it. Well, <laughs> and, um, I want to kind of point out the the thing about the Bournemouth game is I think it's what the Bournemouth game is because it's kind of like more like a lower category game, so that's why it's easier yeah. for you know someone that's without season ticket or LBM plus yeah. to buy the tickets that's the yeah. first thing and I would reckon a lot of them might not be local in Brighton anyway so they might have Ooh. come from other cities like for example they might be studying in Leeds we've we've met people Japanese students right. that came down from Leeds twice I think the, the, the a Leeds couple of times yeah, actually met them. um that oh. came down a couple of times to just to basically try and see whether they would be able to see Matoma in action. Yeah. And then obviously you get some from London and then other places as well. And then, and then I think we saw um, tourists before as well, like people that are actually traveling and yeah. kind of like a family and they don't, they, they barely speak a lot of English. They're kind of like a little bit mm. and gesture trying to communicate kind of yeah. tourist. I think we've um, got a few hundreds of, like Japanese, Japanese. Yeah. Oh, every game. Yeah. A few hundreds, but um, within Brighton, the area, I think. Uh, uh, Maybe about that as well. Maybe uh, a hundred ish that yeah. will follow football. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, otherwise they would just support Matoma. Yeah. Excellent. Good. good. Some of yeah. them will watch baseball. So. <laughs> 
it's different yeah. yeah yeah that's it and i guess i suppose brighton certainly when i was familiar with the area more on a day-to-day basis has a well did have a very large um english as foreign language sort of colleges and stuff like that um that people would stay in for maybe just a shorter period that might just be two three five six months couple of years whatever it might be so i guess there may be some of some people are in that category still now who wouldn't necessarily call themselves residents as such but are in the area for a fairly limited period of time and try and get along to a game i suppose given the interest yeah yeah we um we bumped into the japanese tv crew as well at that bournemouth game and they were standing around outside on the way up to the stadium and yeah got chatting to them i think it's the ones who filmed the video that's been going around with the interview that was done on the sunday uh with with mitama so so uh, yeah it, was, it seemed like a festival of um of mitama that bournemouth game <laughs> hopefully it won't be the only one hopefully it's going to be uh a few more starting with this weekend's game so we as i said we're going to do a, a bit of match day stuff for the fulham game in parts two and there might be a part three on this podcast but for part one to round off guys how do you think we're going to do tomorrow and for the rest of the season are you confident yeah we're going to the european tour <laughs> yeah exactly well this is gonna be a key game isn't it because fulham are on our tails we've got the two games in hand and the better goal difference on them level on points and that's great but if we were to lose this game suddenly the initiative will feel very much twisted the other way a bit like with arsenal in the title race the same kind of vibe but then again if we win it and we go three points clear with a better goal difference than the two games in hand. I wouldn't say it puts things to bed, but it would it would put us massively in the driving seats in terms of one of those teams. Um, we've always got to worry about whether Liverpool and Chelsea hit form, obviously, but um, we've got to avoid defeat, haven't we? But can we get the win? Fulham are a bit of they, they, we were a bit of a bogey team for them in the Championship, but they've been a bit of a bogey team for us in the Prem. They beat us this season. At, Craven Cottage, and we've not beaten them in any of the seasons we've been in the Premier League together. So not to put too down a point on it, but can we win this game? It's going to be huge, isn't it? Well, it's um, it's kind of difficult, but yeah, like I can't rem- remind me if we've ever won them in Premiership. I don't think so. Not not in the Prem, no, no, not no. not so far. But I I just don't want. Uh, you know, it will lose the momentum that that we were, you know, getting up there, and if we just lose it, it it, it might be crucial. Uh, I was really hoping that we would win, but then if it's a draw, I think it's still acceptable. To be honest, mm. I think that's 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 your worst <laughs> acceptable <laughs> yeah. worst. Yeah, but, but yeah, but I just can't see like why why would, you know Mitrovic is is a friend and and. Well, and don't un- underestimate the the the, the um the defense of Fulham as well. They they were yeah. actually good. So wow, I would see. say I would say in my opinion would be I just want the team to do the best that they can, yeah. like always. Yeah, and I know it's I, I know and you know like obviously yeah. I want to win, but you know if it doesn't happen, then I probably won't, wouldn't be massively upset. The last game we well, it was a mistake that we um, I think Zung lost uh, the the ball to Mitrovic. I think oh. yeah, I think so. I yeah. hope that won't happen again. I yeah. hope. 
Yeah, we've got a we do have a bit of an issue with them. They are a threat, definitely, and I think Dunk in particular sort of struggled a bit with him, hasn't he? With Mitrovic, um, he's one of those players that you, every, every defender's got somebody who they're just um, they, they don't quite work for. You know, they can't can't get on top of basically and can't keep quiet. And I'm hoping he's going to have built his. Uh, abilities up in that regard against this particular player. Um, they're a good team overall. I think I saw a stat as well that it might be all about the midfield because I think um, there was a stat I saw today on Sky which said that uh, most tackles in the Premier League this season with 99 is Paulinha at uh, Fulham and then fourth on the list is Caicedo for us with 57. Um, and, you know, the midfielders are going to be pretty important in this game, I think. How it works out overall, who knows? It's going to be, an, I think it'll be an entertaining game and I think it'll be a good game, and I think it'll probably be a close game. But I just hope we can win it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Maybe VAR will be on our side this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're overdue, aren't we? <laughs> just a little bit. Oh, <laughs> Excellent. Well, Ryan Tiffany, it's been great to have you join us. Thank you very much for doing so. And we'll look out for you again at games and maybe have another chat uh, on a match day somewhere. But you're welcome to join us as well post-match. We told you already where we meet uh, post-match. So look us up any any um, home match day and we'll be happy to do that. Let's hope maybe Mitama gets the uh, the winner again just to keep the Asian theme going over this weekend. That would be nice. And, um, and thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you very you. much. Okay, cheers. And so to, so to part two of the podcast, we're now on match day. We're in the Evening Star pub in lovely old Brighty. And I'm with my old mates, Alan and Chris. Regular cohorts on match day specials. Alan, quick take on Palace and a quick take on today's game. What are your thoughts? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really want to talk too much about Palace because it's like in my past now. Yeah, let's draw a line under that. Yeah, we've got to move on because right. it's, it just made me so angry. So just not go there. No, fair enough. Yeah, but I think immediately after after the Palace game, when I saw the results from the other games, I really it was really very clear that this game today against Fulham is such a it's a huge, huge game. game. It's a huge game. I, I think Fulham are playing playing well. They've got a good coach. We've got the we've got the issue with uh, Mitrovic uh, versus Dunks, which is always yeah, uh, yeah. a big contest. It's a big worry, that isn't it? Uh, I, I, it's, it's such a big game because it is, it is one of those uh, classic six pointers. I mean, for us, we're not playing next Saturday, so um, if we can kind of if we can win today, we'll secure our kind of if you like top six position until we come back to when we play. Um, West Ham the following weekend so yeah you made this point to me earlier and I didn't think about that I, the fact that we're not playing next week we need to get points on the board ahead of that as a buffer don't we yeah, yeah. yeah. but I think just from a general point of view I think it's, it's, it's amazing that actually you know from, from six months ago people were just talking about we, we want to be a top top ten club so now the narrative has changed to Champions League <laughs> Euro, a European place yeah and, and nobody's really kind of uh, shying away from that. And this that, is that a kind massive European qualifying yeah. match, isn't it? We're, we're goal difference ahead of them. We've got two games in hand. If we lose it, suddenly the, the balance swings some degree. If we win it, we put them to bed. Well, yeah. we don't put them to bed, but we, we go a long way towards yeah, it, don't exactly, we? Exactly, yeah. But yeah. You, you think all the years we were playing in the championship, 
every every season we were saying, okay, we've got to make play, uh, playoff plays, or we've got to get promotion, an automatic promotion place. Yeah, that was the kind of discussion was going on very early on in the season for many seasons. Yeah. Now we're having a discussion in the Premier League about making it into the European place. It's amazing. And I don't feel embarrassed about it. No. Why day, should we? If, we? if we don't, if we don't make it, well, fair enough. But, but, but I think it's it's a, it's a goal for the players. It's um it's, it's a motivation for the players, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think it's a good it's a good thing that uh, Deserby is really pushing this this message to the players to really really push for that for that goal, which is I mean, imagine 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 a situation where. It's, from a points point of view, if the results go well for us this weekend, it's still in their hands to make a Champions League yeah. place. And that is notwithstanding the fact we've been deprived of five points, which would have had us a point ahead of Spurs with two games in hand, and a point behind Newcastle with one game in hand. And that's notwithstanding that. Even with, without that, we are still in the, in the conversation at the moment. But who knows what's coming next? And Chris, you're itching to get in on this, so over to you, sir. Um, I think for Palace, I would say a lot of our players weren't at their best for Palace, but we still came away with a point, so it's not, it's kind of glass half full from that point of view. We, we still had 705 passes to about 200 and something, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. A lot of our, Casino wasn't his best, McAllister wasn't his best. Estupian, Estupinian was probably the one player to come out with credit for me. Um, Sanchez, yeah, needs looking at really. Um, we need to have a think about that. But yeah, for today, six points. Uh, if it was later in the season, it would be a qualifier for Europe, effectively. But massive game today. If we win, we've got sort two points in two games in hand over over Fulham. So. Yeah, it's, it's a big game today. A big game. It is a proverbial six-pointer in that in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely six-pointer. It's yeah. Our head-to-head against Fulham is pretty poor. Um, the infamous four-two result from three seasons ago, terrible. Um, so yeah, we need to we need to move beyond that. Um, I, I, I do think that. Yeah, we've probably got enough in the bank today to take all three points, but yeah, it's a tough one. I think it really is a tough one. No, I think it's going to be a really tough game today. Yeah. But it was interesting uh, last weekend uh, again, in, in the Palace game that um, they had a big focus on Mitoma. Yeah. And uh, but it's up to us to really score from, from other positions as well because if, if they got yeah. if they got two players on Mitoma, then there's there's obviously there's uh, space for some another player. Yeah. And that's really what we've got to do. Well, my, my thoughts on Palace is yes, I mean, it was a, a ridiculous decision by the referee, and that did cost us, and that was the telling difference. Absolutely. However, McAllister had four shots on goal. Uh, a couple of those were half chances, but. Yeah, he could have maybe scored from one or two of the others. The header and the uh, the touch where it was crossed in for the left, and he got a full contact straight to the goalie. Those two chances could have been better. Mitterman's shot was well saved. That was fine. So we could have done more. We could have done more. Yes, we made a mistake ourselves as well at the back with the, with the goalkeeper. However, despite all that, we were deprived by the ref as well. So it's a mixture of reasons why we did get the point there. The same with Arsenal. I, I, I spoke to an Arsenal supporting 
acquaintance of mine yesterday, and he said they deserved a point. They didn't deserve it the way they got it, but they deserved a point. So if they don't manage to take their chances, and then decisions are made correctly, Arsenal win the game. Yeah. Same with us. Yeah. There's, there's a correlation, isn't there? Yeah, but I think uh, I'm just really interested today. I'm, I'm, one, one thing I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, this Swedish, this young lad from Sweden. Ayari. Yeah, because apparently he's going to come on sometime during, oh, during the game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he, he does. He's one of the replacements. The other player that I've kind of got this kind of... Um, feeling about is this Buonanotti. Buonanotti. He looks like a young, he's, he's fresh-faced, young lad, 18 years old. Well, he's just an Italian romantic comment yeah. at the end of an evening, isn't yeah. it? Buonanotti. But, um, if you, but uh, I think the interesting thing with uh, um, McAllister was that he played further, further forward. He played in that kind of more ten, number 10 role, but he just couldn't score a goal. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether he plays back again with his double pivot, pivot again with um, with Caicedo, uh, and maybe he puts somebody in place. And obviously, with Lalani missing, I, I think um, Deserby likes Lalani in that kind of almost like number ten position at the front, and he's not, obviously he's not available. So I'm not sure sure what uh, what uh, Deserby's going to do. So we, we've got to see what the team sheet's like. See who. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can I just mention a couple of other things, by the way, before we forget? A couple of bits of general news. Uh, UEFA have commissioned a report about uh, the Champions League final last year. Uh, Liverpool fans suffered pe- uh, post-traumatic stress disorder off the, off the back of Hillsborough. A number of those people were at that final last year, and they had to go through it all again. And the report was leaked. Liverpool, uh, Liverpool were not happy with that. In terms of uh, what's happened, it, major, major failures by UEFA and the French police. Should they even be given another event in the near future? It's been a disgrace, isn't it? It's is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the problem is that um, the, the security forces or whatever the... the um, the organisation, they go and look at uh, look at certain teams or certain English teams, and they, they think, well, they they always put us in, a, they pigeonhole us in a certain, yeah. particularly a Liverpool, certain because they they're yeah. factoring in the misinformation from twenty whatever years years ago, yeah. 30, thirty years ago. And I've been to the Saint Denis area, and it's um, oh, it's horrible, isn't it? It's, it's not a very it's a not a particularly nice area. And it's one of those areas you need to get in, get into the stadium. Very quickly, and yeah. get out of the stadium very quickly, and get <laughs> yeah. out of the area very quickly. So, so they pepper sprayed bottlenecks, caged in fans, and they did nothing about local youths trying to scale barriers and mugging people on a mass scale. Yeah, absolute shambles. Yeah. UEFA have taken a large brunt of the blame, but to be honest with you, I think the French authorities and the French police should take almost all of the blame yeah, because so. they accepted the challenge yeah. of taking on this project for three months yes it's less time than you would want but three months if you don't want to take on the challenge don't take it on surely also terrible news Christian Atsu former Newcastle player uh, there was reports that he'd been salvaged from the wreckage of uh, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria namely Turkey uh, which was misinformation the family asked for that to be uh, to be eradicated and not to be mentioned because they still haven't found his body and now about 10 days later I think it is we've now heard the news this very day Saturday 
that his body has been found. He's unfortunately died. He was 31 years old. Uh, he was married with two kids, married for 10 years. He, he was doing lots of work, charity work to do with orphanages in his, his home country. It's awful, isn't it? Uh, it's, I, I think it's, it's, really, it's really a tragic situation. Um, but, uh, I mean, from a personal point of view, the company I work for, we have four service engineers who are working in, um, working in the south of uh, Turkey, and they actually, um, they were staying in a hotel, they and they, they perished. Uh, yeah. So it's affected, affected a lot of people. It's, it's, it's yeah. terrible. Oh, it's about 35,000, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's absolutely awful. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. Anyway, on that downbeat note, let's let's quickly twist about to football. So, so we're on to the Fulham game. We're going to do some post-match analysis briefly to finish off in uh, in the last part of this podcast. But uh, any further thoughts on football this week in general? Uh, did you see the shit housing going on in the Dutch league with the finals? I, I, well, I, I, I can't. I didn't see it. Oh, brilliant! Well, there, there was a player who put the ball out of play. Someone tried to take a quick throw in, but the player who was putting the ball out of play ran off the pitch involuntarily as part of what he was doing, and then realised that they were going to take a quick free, uh, a quick throw, and flipped one of the spare balls onto the pitch. <laughs> Would you, would you approve of that if it happened today oh, in our favour? Sure, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, well, if does it, you yes. got to love it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. On that, that note, yeah, but I think I think uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was I did actually watch the um, the Dortmund versus Chelsea match. A couple of interesting things. One is uh, how easy a Dortmund player shot went past Fernandez, their record buying player from Brazil. Is it Argentina? Yeah. That was hilarious. But then the interesting thing was uh, the interview that was done with Potter after this, when uh, he was asked about um, uh, his opinion of uh, his reaction to people saying he's too soft and, uh, and things like that. He was very, very... Spiky. Spiky, yeah. yeah. So I, like, I like that, actually. I, yeah, that was I, good... think, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see how that plays out, because... Yeah. He's on. He's on. He's on the tender hooks. I think this game today could be. Uh, quite you notice he didn't hear the booing of Cucurella in Barcelona because there was eighty thousand fans there. He didn't hear them, but he heard twenty people at the Amex booing. Though, didn't he? Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's not focus on. Uh, no, no. Let's leave uh, it too much. We're just focus on our own club. It's going to be a really, really tough game today. It'll be a I, good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game today, but it's going to be a good game, a tough game. Hopefully it'll be a favourable result. And hopefully we'll score an early goal and that kind of relax the nerves a little bit. That would help. And uh, let's, see, let's see what happens, I think. Uh, Alan, pleasure as always, yeah, sir. Cheers. Cheers. So here we are, still still pre-match. We're in the West Upper. We've got our pints and I've just run into my old friend Andy Bass. Hello, Andy. Hello, Russ. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. And it's good to hear you on the Albion Roar absolutely ranting your head off in fact in a way that you were rant ranting your head off you said I don't want to even talk about it because it's so obvious on the subject of uh, the uh, McAllister oh absolutely yeah never never a red what was the fuss about I've got to say I've got to call them out on it the, the Raw boys what are they talking about that was not a red card no absolutely agree um I, you know, it took me a while to, to actually see the incident after the game. Well, exactly, and that tells you all you need to know. Doesn't but, it? The fact you had to seek it out. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't reckless and dangerous. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not having it. I, you know, I think the knockout one in the previous game. Yeah, that 
Oh yeah, that, that was a red. That was a red. That was spicy. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, say that. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I've got to stand up for the players when they deserve it. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite happy to kick them when they also deserve it. But but on that occasion, I don't think there was anywhere. There was just Palace just moaning yeah. because they they had nothing they had nothing else in that whole game apart from like Sanchez dropping the ball. And I bumped into you at the game uh, just on the aisle there, down near the front. Yeah. And you said, uh, I think you said on the pod, um, it was better than usual in terms of the fan, exper- <coughs> fan experience. Yeah, I think I think the name, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear it, but I think the names on ticket things has improved the away experience this season. The uh, the experience, the fact, you know, our fans were much better this year, I thought, than they were the last time. The last time we went, um, I, you know. I thought there was a lot of people that shouldn't have been there at the, the last game and certainly in better condition than they were for yeah. this one. I thought our fans were great this this time around. It was like real fans there, not people not people just jumping on it for the for the big right for the big rivalry game because that's like the only thing they're interested in. Well, can I just say I was in terrible condition myself. I, I this did not go unnoticed. Russell. <laughs> this did not go unnoticed. Anyway, we'll say no more about it. We've yeah. got a big game today, Fulham. It's a massive game, isn't it? Because this is a, a potential, half, almost half a put-to-bed put scenario if we win. But if we lose, it drags the whole thing right back into the equation. Absolutely. There's there's a lot on it. And, and yeah, I am I'm confident in the players, but I am nervous about the consequences of a, of a negative result. But what this game represents, outside of like our own vested interest in one and the Albion to win it's really like there's us Fulham and Brentford yeah. like are now looking to like one of us is going to make that leap into that top five top four yes I think uh, so and I think I think four is in play because Newcastle is, Newcastle don't score enough goals um, I think that will catch up with them eventually uh, so there is a chance for one of like the good guys to get in there and this is this is this is part of it. This this game is a big is a big part of it. If we can win, go a point behind Spurs, two behind Newcastle. They've both got games you think they should win, but are by no Are means no means given yeah. uh, this weekend. Th- th- then then we can then we can really get right in that race. And you know, if the Qataris are going to buy up Man United, then. This might be the last chance for a team outside of that little exclusive nation-state club to to get in there. Yeah, I'm becoming uh, increasingly aware of the, the notion that we are being squeezed out here. This might be the year. Newcastle next year will go again. They'll be stronger, probably. Yeah, we, or, yeah or just like the ludicrous spenders. I mean, obviously, like, you know, Chelsea have been a bit of a mess so far this season, but... If they write this season off, and they, they probably will be all right next season, you would think given, so. given the amount of money yeah. they've spent. Yeah. Um, and regardless of what we think of Potter, I do actually think he's a good coach, yeah. um, even if I think he's a snake for leaving us in the way that he did. But, um, but that doesn't diminish the fact that he actually does know what he's doing. It just needs good players. He's got good players now, and they've spent the money. So this really, I just think this is a, a real... One of us has got to get in there. One of us has got to get in there. And, 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 for, and, and force one of those bastards out. And Brentford and Fulham, with all due respect, are newer to the party. Surely it's our turn, isn't it? First. I, 
That's um, not how I mean, it works. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm biased. I, I'm, I'm biased. I think we're possibly the best of the three, but I think we're all operating in a similar fashion at the moment. I think we're all operating in a similar fashion at the moment, and it's great that it's great that there is there is a chance for one, you know, for someone outside of those elite group you know, I use in but you know the parentheses here but the the, the the elite group of media friendly teams and like, like one of us has got a barge in and spoil their party and uh, today's a big part of it and I think Fulham Fulham for me are the only team that have really outplayed us this season they did a number on us at Craven Cottage I don't think our fans gave them enough credit at the time for how well they played against us and we didn't uh, set up as well as we no we, we, we set up I don't know yeah. what I don't know what Potter was playing at having just praised him a little bit but I thought he got that completely wrong on yeah, that, on that, did, on that evening that and, um, and it wasn't until like the last 20 minutes where we were like panicking yeah. and we got back to some semblance of a rational shape yeah. that we looked like we might be able to get back in the game yeah. so um, but I, th- I, think I think we'll be carrying the disappointment from uh, last Saturday into today's game yeah. and I think we're really going to I think we're going to go for it I think they're going to go for it yeah. Who knows? There's a coin flip for me. I think we're going to nick it by a goal, but it's so a bit, but it's a coin flip. It's an absolute coin flip. I think it'll be a great game. Uh, there'll be a good advert for the unfashionable teams in this league and showing that we can do, we can we can do just as good as as those big money bastards exactly. at the top. Exactly. We're going to get even more big money as time goes yeah. on. Absolutely. Andy, I'll let you get to your pie. Yeah, yeah. It's been brilliant, brilliant catching up with you. I'll see you maybe half time. Yeah, see you later. All the best. Post-match in the North Concourse. I, I am absolutely spitting fucking feathers. I'm fuming about this result. Alan, are you fuming about this result? Why have you come to me? Because I thought you might be as fuming as me. I'm so disappointed. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a hang, I've got a hang dog look at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> We've been robbed again, haven't we? Yeah. In terms of certainly the balance of play, deserved wins versus non-deserved. Yeah, I mean, it's a class, classic, classic statistics: one shot, one goal. Fulham. Their their XG was zero point zero two or something. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely yeah. insane. But we. It was our own fault. We we uh, we had we had our chances. We didn't take them, and uh, that's it. I mean, the referee was very poor. I I, I thought. And, well, it's uh, it's a combination, isn't it? But every week it's a combination. The Villa game, the Leicester game, the uh, the Liverpool Cup game. Although we got the result, uh, the Palace game, this game, every game, the referee and VAR in some cases have influenced the results. Yeah, yeah. You have to be frustrated that, yeah. I don't. I know I'm spinning this a certain way, but I am fuming with the fact we've bossed another game and we've not won it. And we've not won it for a mixture of reasons, as you've said. You know, goalkeeping error last week at Palace. This week, not taking our chances enough, potentially. However, we've not been helped at all with officials, have we? No. There was a penalty that looked very clear-cut to me. Yeah, I think that with uh, the other one, I think it was, it was in March it went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, in the line of my sight, there was a defender in the way, so yeah. I couldn't actually see. I just saw oh, him right, fall okay. over. So yeah. I'd like to see it again. 
but to me, the whole the rest of the crowd seemed to think it was a penalty. Oh, it was, it was nailed on yeah. from where I looked. But I mean, to be fair, it, it did go to VAR. It well, did, it did go to VAR, and they didn't give it. So yeah, let's quickly go to Chris and John. They've got to go in a minute. Let's get their views. How did you feel about the game today? Robs, robs. Yeah. Um, what are you most annoyed about? Fed up with getting done over by the referees. That's me too. That's yeah. me too. We, uh, as as we quoted before the for game, we were five points worse off than we should have been, yeah. in my opinion, and goal difference worse off because uh, of Man United away earlier in the season. I do believe that is our charge for Europe over. Yeah. We, we're being undermined by the officials, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're Liverpool yeah. winning. That's it. I, th- I think we've done yeah. that. I don't think we'll do Euro now. And we played well, didn't we? We, we? we could have played better. Right, just, just to mention, just to mention, we're watching in the North Concourse, Newcastle nil, Liverpool 2, and Nick, Nick Pope, is it, has been sent off? Nick Pope. 2-0 down has been sent off for Newcastle. Can't watch the replay. <laughs> That's Newcastle season over. Well, we can finish above them. The problem is yeah, yeah. Liverpool are storming up, aren't they? They're storming up. John, very quickly, while we while we while we look back at this comedy scenario, uh, what was your thoughts on the game? Very disappointing. Very. What was most frustrating for you? Uh, the referee. Yeah. By a country mile. And it's again the same thing, isn't it? Every week. All the time we, we've had to be the fucked. Team, team, the play acting, just let them get away with it. We've had to be fucked over so many times to be on the points total we're on. We should be so many more points ahead, shouldn't we? Sorry, we're distracted by Nick Pope's sending off. It's absolutely you brilliant. See this. Watch this. <laughs> He's handballed it about. He's handballed it about ten yards outside the area. Is that what we're talking about? How many yards outside the area is he? About 30? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, you've got to laugh about that. But anyway, back to the Albion. Frustrating, isn't it? We could have taken more chances. However, refs week after week are fucking us over, aren't they? We seem to be on the bad end of uh, a lot of bad decisions lately. Yeah. A lot. And I don't even know his name. I don't care what his name is today. He, he fucked every element of this game up, didn't he? Yeah, the flow, he was terrible. He was terrible. Oh, well. Yeah, go on, John. Go on, John. Go on, go on. There's not much more to rant about, really. It's all being said. It's just Fair enough, fair enough. So, Alan, you're saying our players may yeah. be a bit too quick for the referees. I think the way we're playing, actually, we're going to be too quick for the quick for the referees. I think we're too, too slick in our play, and basically they can't keep up. Yeah, you might be right. We're too good for them. We are. We're too good for the referees. Yep. We're too, too good, good for, for the, ref- the referees. He's just too quick for you. He's just too quick for you. <laughs> I don't know. We've got to look at the positives. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, he's very disappointed. I'm really... I mean, obviously, uh, uh, the fact that the fact that now Fulham have got 38 points, we only got 35. We're not playing next Saturday, yeah. Uh, and then all the other sides are going to have a chance to overtake us, including now Liverpool. By the yeah, way, because we've got we're not today. playing next week. Uh, yeah, play. yeah. So it's, it's just a little bit downbeat. But I always I always look at the positives. 
Yeah. Deserve is always learning from our teams and our players. Yeah. Yeah. Learning things all the time. And I think that's that we've got We the, love Deserve, don't we? We do. We love him so much more than Potter, yeah. who fucked up again today. Oh. They lost at home to Southampton. Well, I think uh, Do you want a history lesson, Graham? It's got to be pretty dodgy for um, Potter now. Yeah. They've got the European game. Is it next week? Is yeah, it next and they've week lost the, the first after? leg this week. The, yeah. They've got, is it next week or the week after? I'm yeah, they've sure. got the home leg and they're, what, 1-0 down? Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that, I think, is going to be the game. <laughs> well, well, let's see how it goes. Let's yeah. see how it goes. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Until I'll next time. I'll see, you Cheers. Down, I'll see you down at the pub later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll have another chat in about 10 minutes, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> So next up, Raymond the Gents. North Concourse, post-match, I'm fuming, or are you fuming? Well, I'm feeling very frustrated. In some ways, we only have ourselves to blame. Not helped by, is it Mr England, the referee? Yes, yeah, I Mr thought we England. had a penalty, yeah. but obviously it wasn't given. Um, I think it shows up we have a, a rather lacking in depth. A lot of inexperienced players who are fairly talented, but not yeah, experienced yeah. at this level, yeah. uh, to get us over the line. Um, you know, really disappointing that the referee managed to get the crowd moving by not giving the penalty one or two other decisions so that helped improve the atmosphere just very disappointing but I think we missed a trick not strengthening the squad when Trossard uh, went and you know, we are lacking that that depth in the squad and I think you know, the club need to recognise that but uh, anyway tomorrow or, or next week against Stoke is another day and uh, we need to get the show back on the road. Yeah. Um, I'm with Graham as well. I don't know if Graham, you'll want to add a few words to this, but to me, it feels as if we're getting a raw deal every week for the refs. I'm ranting, I'm on the ramp path here. So feel, feel free to not join me on that if you don't feel it's appropriate. But do you feel we're getting a raw deal here? The referee, I think, I don't know the rules, Russell. So, yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I don't. So, you know, when a player goes down, I, my understanding is the referee has got a discretion about whether or not to choose to stop the game if it's if they think it's yeah. a serious injury. So it shouldn't be an automatic thing that a player goes down and, yeah. Yeah. and plays stopped. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think so. But I don't, I don't know if, that, if my understanding of the rules is correct. If it is, but I think the referee is just bought into every single clearly obvious yeah. you know, time-wasting action that the Fulham players were doing. Yeah. And that's hugely frustrating. I, I'm, I'm in despair because when we play any of the big six, we don't get any decisions. The only time we did was that time where someone tried, uh, Sanchez tried to kill Diaz. <laughs> and he got away with it somehow. I don't know how. That was the only time I can remember a very distinct decision going against us. When, but when it comes to the other teams, the teams around us, the Fulhams of this world, we don't seem to get those decisions either. I don't know if Fulham get decisions against other teams around them, like Brentford or Wolves or whoever it might be at the time. But we just seem to get the raw deal all the time, don't we? Am I imagining this? Am I ranting too much? Probably. <laughs> well, well, that's okay. <laughs> That's what this is all about. This is what 
David's running away. I was going to get David Townsend on. He's run away. He's run away. Uh, He's waved himself away from the podcast. But thank you, Graham, for joining us. And uh, we'll move on to the next subject, which is going to be, I think, the Fulham fans over to my left who are friends of Andy Bravery. So stay tuned for that in just a moment. And so amidst the chaos and all the angst in the North Stand post-match, we have Mr. Andy Bravery. Hello. Hello, Ross. Good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, I'll get your rantings in a moment. All right. We okay. also have your two friends who have been on the podcast before. Yeah. Lorraine and Jax. Uh, hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> hello. Great to have you with us. I've got to say, I, I wish it was in better circumstances from an Albion point of view. You must be happy with the win, obviously. But uh, what was your take on the game? Let, let's get Lorraine first to you. Uh, we can't believe we've got three points because... Quite frankly, you were the better team. Obviously, we'll take them, but uh, I'm not sure it was wholly deserved. So if luck's on your side, you've got to ride with it, and we're riding with it. Yeah. And Jackie, you were cringing as well as, as she was saying that going about the three points. Yeah, I mean, talk about a smash and grab. You were definitely the better team. Uh, I thought that we defended well and you were maybe slightly wasteful, but even so, I am amazed that we've come away with three points. Yeah, I, as we were saying off air, I'm, I'm already fuming about what's happened pre-today in terms of decisions, referees, all that stuff. Um, I, I don't know if you would have had a you wouldn't have had a very good view of the uh, the penalty during the game. I don't know if you've seen it back on the screens, but it looked like there was a clear-cut penalty again. But we we were uh, we were the uh, the masters of not getting penalties. Um, Villa, Leicester and uh, Man United already this season. Plus, last week, Palace, we did score. It wasn't a penalty. We did score, and we still weren't given the goal. Uh, Pretty frustrating. Andy, over to you. What's your take on the game? I think in the end, we only got ourselves to blame. We had enough chances to win, and we just didn't take any of it. football, really. Sometimes you don't get what you deserve. Is that true, though? Because uh, it's on fine margins, isn't it, the Premier League? You know, you don't do much, you don't get much uh, either way round in terms of mistakes or benefits. Uh, It's it's on very small margins, isn't it? And if the referee's not helping you or is actively discouraging you... Well, I think the referee was over fussy for both teams. I think he kind of, like, he didn't help the game. Yeah. didn't help it flow. Yeah. But, you know, we had enough possession... Yeah, we created enough chances. We should have won the game, and we didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, Fulham, in both, both this... defended quite well. I yeah. thought Diop had a really good game yeah. for them. Yeah, you know, we yeah, just didn't was... take our chances. Mm. We just didn't. Yeah, but and isn't it sucker punch? Isn't it also true that all, all of that is, of course, absolutely correct? But we, we we could take more chances, and yet, if you're being deprived by decisions by the referee, that distorts. Well, which one do you think we're deprived of? The penalty. Then? Was that not a penalty? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what was really interesting is that Veltman didn't really claim it. Mm. And he went and said something to the referee at the end of that that move. Yeah. And he, he wasn't exactly remonstrating. So yeah. I don't know. I think the referee played, at times, he did play odd. We couldn't yeah. avoid the goal then. Again, time-wasting was rewarded, wasn't it, in this game as well? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I've seen a lot worse. I feel there were a lot worse than that. Oh, Villa were much yeah. worse. Much I think we have to look at ourselves, really. Yeah. Raymond told me as well that De Zerbi got sent off at the end. Yeah, he apparently got sent off after the, the final whistle. Because of the penalty. 
Pre- presumably. Right. I mean, I, I so mean, he I, seems to think it was it looked, a bad decision. It looked like a penalty yeah. where I was, but I don't know for sure. I didn't see Voutman exactly remonstrating for it, mm. and obviously we had a chance to score and we didn't score. Yeah. So I'll go back yeah. to my other point that we just didn't, yeah. we just didn't take our chances. If you, if you take this game in isolation, I think it's uh, it is what it is, you know, and it's it's fine. Uh, but uh, ultimately. Um, you, if you take it as a collective, it's incredibly frustrating for us. But let's talk about well, it in isolation. If it isolation. was a penalty, then yes, because we're yeah, looking yeah. at like two or three games now that yeah. we, arguably we might have won. We already should have five we, more that points we than we do. That yeah. we haven't done. That we haven't done. We should well, have five more points I'll have to already. Wait and see what match yeah. of the day says about that. You only take your opinions from match of the day, do you, Annie? <laughs> no, that's the, only, that's the only way I can see it back in slow motion and see what happened. But anyway, joking aside, in isolation, you could take one game in isolation and think, okay, that's the way it goes. The team smash and grabs it. I'll ask you a question today. So they gave McAllister man of the match. Who was your man of the match? My man of the match? Uh, That's a good question, actually. I don't really know. I don't know who mine is. No, I don't know. It's not Mittema. No, he was suppressed a bit today. And it's not Casado, and it's certainly not McAllister today. I don't know who would be mine. I'm not sure. Gross was playing really well, yeah. but then he fell away really badly in the last 10 minutes. So it's I don't know. Interesting substitutions. Yeah. Was Webster injured? I don't know. Why does the stupid go sure. off? He's the best deliverer of the ball into the box. Yeah, I love him. I love him. There's things going on today that I don't, including the result, I don't fully understand <laughs> if I'm being honest. Anyway, my, my, point, my point was going to be, in isolation, you could take any game and you could take it with a pinch of salt. My issue is the collective, ongoing decision-making that's going against us, which has us many points below where we should be. However, however, let's get the Fulham view. Obviously, you talked about the game today. How has the Fulham season gone so far? Lorraine, to you first of all. We just wanted to stay up, so obviously we are happy. <laughs> well, we you've done that now. Huh? Well, you've we got, what, 38 points now, so I think we you're safe. It's fine, but going back to Brighton, honestly, you played brilliantly, but I would not concentrate on a penalty. I don't, I'm not objective. I'm the opponent's fan, but it was not down to a penalty shout. You did not do your finishing as you should. Yeah. You had plenty of opportunities. You could have put the ball away a dozen times. And it is nothing down to it's not down to one refereeing decision. You were not clinical enough, but you were better. You were better than Fulham yeah. on the day, and you should have won that match. And we did. And somehow, whether that's psychic or luck, we did it. Yeah. But, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, I think what I'd add to that, you mentioned the substitutions. I think you got worse after the substitutions, and we got ah, better. That's an yeah. interesting point. Yeah, I yeah. think that your starting lineup was really good. Yeah. And they lost their way a bit with the substitutions. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, Manor Solomon came on and scored, which is you know yeah. what we were hoping he would do. But we seemed to get better and more determined after the substitutions. Yeah. And I'm afraid you did. That's an interesting point, and I'm not quite sure what was going on with the substitutions. I I can't get my head around it. I have to admit, yeah, that was a bit odd. And uh, we, we put on at one point two attacking players. Uh, and took off an attacking player and a defensive player. So, obviously, there's something more proactive in that. But beyond that, I don't know what was going on there. I'm not sure. Uh, very frustrated day for us. I mean, fair play. You know, you t- as you said, we took your chances. Chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
do, do you reckon now you're on 38 points you're ahead of us we, we've got two games in hand and a better goal difference but you are three points ahead it's probably uh, roughly speaking that's about even isn't it Listen. how do you see it going do you reckon you or are we worrying about Liverpool Liverpool are, as we're talking they're coming towards half time 2-0 up Newcastle are down to 10 men I think it's safe to say Liverpool will win that game do we, do we both need to just accept they're going to go ahead of us and will Newcastle stay ahead of us as well Would you go with that, Jackie, as well? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, we're having a good season. You're having a good season. I think you've got your two games in hand, which could well come into play. But on the other hand, we've got the points on the board, which yeah. is always worth having. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can never assume points from games in hand, exactly. Yeah. Well, on that note, thank you very much for joining us. And we wish you the very worst of luck for the rest of the season. <laughs> nicest way obviously <laughs> I had to say that obviously it was predictable you knew it was coming in <laughs> but not, not, not the worst lot but just less lot than we've had yeah yeah <laughs> thanks for joining us again anyone that uh, is a keen listener will remember you guys were on the podcast before so uh, oh yeah we did didn't we well you, you were we were a bogey team for you in the championship you've been a bogey team for us in the Premier League I'd rather it was the other way around, to be honest. But, yeah, although, would we have got promoted the season we went up? You've done well. Because we got six points off you that year. We wouldn't have gone up otherwise, maybe. No. Maybe. No. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's great to chat to you both, and we'll no doubt get you on the pod again. Best Cheers. Up, Russ. All, All right, the best. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And so to the third and final part of the podcast, where we've now fast-forwarded to Tuesday night. I think it is Tuesday, isn't it, boys? I hope yeah. so. <laughs> where it's the aftermath of the game. We'll talk about that very briefly in a moment. Uh, I'm with three old college friends on a reunion. We're in Hayward Teeth at Lockhart Tavern. Lovely food, lovely drinks. I'm with Dino, Phil, who's been on the podcast before and who does the Film Fives podcast with me, and Gareth. Uh, firstly to you, Dino, you are... A worthy boy, born and bred. Indeed, yes. Uh, and but for your sins, a Liverpool fan as well. Absolutely. Yes. Very quickly, a word on Liverpool. How's it? How's it been? It's been agonising, isn't it, this season? I but is wait it, to ask these. Are things? No, no, no. Because are things <laughs> on the way back? Because you've now, you're now a genuine threat to our European place, of course. <laughs> yes, we're, we've needed those two victories. It's it's certainly um, put us back in contention. It's been a tough season. You know, it's been yeah. a real tough season. I think our expectations, particularly after last season, where we almost won all four of those trophies, yeah. expectations are high. Got a new striker in, but injuries have just absolutely killed us. Yeah. And oh, also, yeah. an ageing midfield. It really shows that up. Feel free. Oh. To play that crop system, you need energy, you need legs, you need, you know... Good and, players. 
we've got the good players unfortunately we're stuck in their 30s and that's the problem what happened to that kid who you signed from Italy is he still the Brazilian one? Oh, him is he actually played yet he hasn't played yet I think he's played for the reserves but oh, Arthur okay. yeah I think he's um, so you've got is it by I can't remember his name yeah. he looks pretty good he's fantastic I mean the, the, the goal um, against Newcastle we just uh, he sold a dummy to the Newcastle player set it up and then Gapco went there absolutely fantastic it was but yeah been a tough season yeah. on the way back now I think and the bottom line is if you're a true Liverpool supporter yeah doesn't matter where we finish this season Klopp is the best we support Klopp no matter what he'll we'll build us he'll do it again and uh, yeah we keep the faith yeah I mean he's a great manager it's the circumstances have yeah. played against him uh, you were pushing on all fronts in every single game we had uh, Neil Atkinson from the Anfield Wrap on and he was talking about this he said there wasn't a single game where there wasn't something on it Absolutely. and you're pushing for the quadruple full so, on all the yeah. way it, it takes its toll and, you know, the, and the squad's got old yeah but Klopp knows what to do he'll, he'll yeah. rebuild in the summertime um, injuries have killed us as well but yeah hopefully we might be pushing Brighton for that you know yeah. European spot we'll, well see how it goes. I think the Liverpool result at the weekend too another way win uh, is probably more beneficial than not because it's more likely you guys will overtake us anyway whereas Newcastle could have a blip we don't know what they're like yeah. with regards to the rest of the season but let me quickly get your views on Brian how have you looking from afar because you've not been going to any games locally but what, what's your perceptions of us uh, in general recently and in particular this season surprised pleasantly surprised yeah. um, and really impressed the, the the football that's being played the way the play has been braced a lot of change yeah. a lot of new, kind of new systems and whatever it's been absolutely fantastic and I think they are if not the one of the revelations of the season and with the manager you've got now he could really take your places I think you've just seen an element of what he can do the players are obviously motivated with what he can do they believe in his system, they believe in his mentality. They saw what he did in Italy and other clubs. Yeah. And I think those players can go, I don't know, I mean, I think Europe is absolutely bob on the season. I think you're going to do it. There'll be a little drop, most clubs do that. But I think the manager has got the right mentality, the players have got the right mentality. And I've been really, really impressed with Brighton this season. It seems, seems to me that Brighton are every, every football fan's second team Ooh. in the Premier League now. Apart from Palace fans. Apart from Palace fans, <laughs> Yeah, I'd agree. I'd absolutely Maybe agree. Southampton as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see clubs like Brighton here because you don't want to see the same old teams at the top. You want to see some new fresh blood there. And that's what Brighton have done. Yeah. Um, but they play the style of football that's really exciting, yeah. And I think as um you know, as a Brighton on the you know, Russ, I'm sure you're absolutely you know, thinking, My oh. God, this if this is the view, this is what Brighton would have been, wow. Unbelievable. I'm so made up for it. It's superb. It's yeah. brilliant. And to think it's the local team as well. Exactly. It's just, it's just full and through, thick and thin, mainly thin. And for them to happen to be the team that's now gone this far up, it's just off the scale. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, just a quick word as well. People may have just heard me mention your name is Dino. It is Dino. People may guess that that is an Italian name. So you're probably quite particularly pleased that Deserbi yeah. is a gentleman from the same uh, part of the world Absolutely, as your, yeah. your yeah. ancestry, at least. Yeah, yeah. Followed him closely when he was in Italy, did an amazing job with, a, again, a, an unfashionable team. Yeah, um, Yeah, yeah. You know, took them into unbelievable places. And I yeah. think 
for me, you know, as an Italian uh, and a passionate Italian supporter of the national team, I think when uh, you know we're, we're we're finished with the current manager, who's done a cracking job for us, <laughs> we've got a ready-made place. Obviously, for Brighton fans, I'm sure you hope that will be uh, stop this sometime in the future. But I think he's on the course to be the national team manager in the future, definitely. Certainly, at some point, he'll do, do the job for sure, yeah. for sure. Over to you, Phil. So we've had you on, of course, and yeah. Film Fives. We've got another one. Well, we've got the second part of a Lauren Hardy being published this this week. Uh, and we've got our films of 2022 coming out, uh, which we'll be recording in a week or two. Uh, Monday night drink. Yeah, check that out. <laughs> but coming back to the football, I know you've not been able to catch up with this weekend stuff yet, but we've been having a great season overall, haven't we? Oh, it's been, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been, as Dino says, above all expectations. And the fact that we've lost so many players and just managed to kind of get ready-made replacements here without even hardly... I mean... You know, Kukurena goes, and then you've got yeah. the Ecuadorian kid coming in, and he's, he's, he's just as good. You know, it, it took him a little while to settle in. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And what, what's Still the striker? But Ferguson's looking Yeah, it, I've heard that there's a lot of big clubs fishing around Ferguson now. Already? Yeah, this already. is the problem. The, the life cycle of the Brian player at Brighton I think, seems to be shortening by the minute. I have, I have, I have heard a lot of rumours that Spurs are looking. Maybe one yeah, well, they better have too. some money ready, I'll tell yeah. you that. Well, if they have to sell Harry Kane, they might Well, true. Um, I, I think City in plain sight is possibly the replacement of Buenonote. Kunda Buenonote, we signed. The Argentinian wonder kid that Tevez has probably slightly overblown uh, described as uh, the new Messi. That's a bit too much. But he is at number 10. He's already getting fielded in substitute appearances now. He put the ball in and out of the weekend, albeit it was offside correctly one of two offside decisions um, which were correctly given uh, but he's already getting fielded now it's as if we're preparing for dare I say it Lallana will be able to make it after this season for a long time now, I think, and his contract's up I'd be surprised yeah. if he's back yeah. as a player we might, we might keep him on the books as a player but he won't to keep him around yeah. he's not going to get much time no. but when or not he's one of those that can fill in at number 10 and obviously McAllister can play that role amongst other roles so we're, we've already got the replacements in, in check. Yeah. You know, people are looking to us for what we'll do next. We've already done the next, yeah. I think. It could be interesting. Um, on the subject of Fulham, just very quickly as well, I think having, off the back of what I said at the weekends, in my half-drunken state of irritation, <laughs> uh, I'd stand by most of what I said. I do think the ref frustrated and caused the game not to flow to Fulham's benefit because they were time-wasting the whole way through. They were giving loads of soft free kicks to them and and not giving us anything. There was one really bad studded foul on the um, on Solly, which should have been a yellow card. It wasn't given. Uh, there was a penalty I was crying out, should be a penalty. Looks a lot more ambiguous than that was now. Was that the one that Deserby got sent down? Yeah, yeah. It was to do with what I thought was Solly March. It was actually Veltman had, been, um, had left his leg trailing and there was contact made. It looked like he was trying to engineer it a little bit. So I'm not so sure about that. I'm, I'm sure it was completely not a penalty, but it was not completely, definitely was one either. However, I've since seen that uh, Mittimer was sherpulled in the, uh, in, during a tussle in the box as well. And that should have been a penalty. So we have been ripped off again. Anyway, I don't want to rant any more about that. It is what it is. It's one of those smash and grab games and we move on. Um, but we want to finish this podcast very neatly by 
a bookending scenario because at the very beginning of it, in part one, on our recording on th- on Friday night, we spoke to Hong Kong Seagulls, Ryan and Tiffany, who are a lovely company. Really good to chat to them. They've been in Brighton for 10 years and they've been fans uh, for most of that time, well, some of that time, and are from Hong Kong originally. We're now going to speak to my old college buddy, the last of the three uh, Northbrook boys I'm chatting to tonight, who is... Well, family is from Hong Kong, but you were, I think, born, is that right? Definitely brought up in Crawley. Yep, born and bred in Crawley. This is Gareth, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. Uh, I should mention that the first game of football my dad took me to watch uh, when I was 10 years old was Brighton versus uh, Shrewsbury. And I remember, that, I remember that day well. Brighton won um, 3 0. So I always have a soft spot for Brighton. Nice. Even though I'm a, an actual Newcastle supporter. Oh, so, yeah. oh God. And a Crawley Town fan, we should say. Uh, yes, yes. I remember. I'll always, I'll always remember the, the game against uh, Brighton in the uh, FA Cup um, quite a few years ago. I think it was the third round of the FA Cup. Yeah. And uh, Brighton thrashed us 5 0. 5 0 or 5 1, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I remember that day very, very well. Yeah. Well, strange times at Crawley. They've, since we've known each other originally, they've gone into the Football League and stayed there. They are in danger of dropping out at the moment, but um, they haven't been out since they've been in, so to speak. Um, have you been able to observe any of that? And what, what's also your views of the Premier League, and Brighton in particular, from living in Hong Kong, which you are now doing, and you have been doing for a number of years? You went over there after college, didn't you? Sure. Point. I mean, Premier League in, in Hong Kong is... It's massive. It uh, is it is far more popular uh, compared to the, the rest of the leagues in the world. Um, you have your traditional top four clubs that are very very well supported in Hong Kong, and uh, and for me, seeing Brighton in the Premier League, uh, I can see them every weekend uh, is a is a great treat for myself. Um, I love what Brighton are doing. I mean, it's a very attractive team to, to watch uh, I'm a big fan of Matoma um, oh yeah <laughs> um, he wears my lucky number 22 number so uh, yeah it's always great to, to see him play and um, the goal he got against uh, Liverpool I think it was in the FA Cup yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was a thing of beauty we don't mention uh, that <laughs> <laughs> oh I think we do do then. no no <laughs> so yeah that, that is a goal that will uh, stay in my memory for a long time it was yeah. it was so really, the, really beautiful with the sort of like half volley touch one touch in midair where it looked like he was going to shoot but it was a shimmy and then he volleyed it with the, with the next touch beautiful yeah. beautiful goal I think he shimmed it in from memory actually yeah so. yeah yeah <laughs> Listen, you're on the way back. You'll be fine. Um, we haven't talked about the FA Cup, actually. We are into the fifth round. We got Stoke away. People are talking about the league and we need to stay in the top seven to qualify. Of course, we could qualify through winning the FA Cup. That's another possible option. The only problem is our nemesis, Man City, is still in there, amongst others. Uh, so we won't say any more about that. Uh, Newcastle, very quick word about Newcastle. So you've been a, a fan of them as your, your main big team, I suppose we call it, from childhood onwards, is it? That's right, well... I, uh, during my childhood, I swapped uh, and changed quite a few teams. But uh, in, 1990, <laughs> in 1996, the year Alan Shearer joined, I thought, yeah, that's going to be my team. And, and the Keegan years, um, when they were playing the most beautiful and attacking football, yeah, that, that was the team for me. And it has been uh, since that day. So hoping uh, we managed to sneak into Europe. 
And obviously well, I'm hoping Dominic. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously we, we need to win that cup against United. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, of course. And we're not playing at the weekend. We don't have a, a, a post-match review or a, a match day special because we haven't got a game because selfish Newcastle have got into the League Cup final and therefore our game has been rescheduled with you guys. Yeah, yeah. But um, do you reckon you might? When it Pope's been sent off for what I have to say, and I did mention it, we are watching it in the North Concourse post-match talking about the Albion game. Pope's sending off. Absolute comedy gold, isn't it? It was, uh, it was horrific. It, it was horrific. It was about 20 yards outside his area. You could see he tried to go to head it again, which he'd already done in the third minute successfully, and he mistimed it, landed below where he thought he was going to. Next thing you know, he's done an instinctive yeah. handout. And, Pure instinct. Yeah. yeah, instinct, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and he's got a one-match ban. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think it should be in the League Cup? Because in the FA Cup, it's carried... It's ignored, isn't it, and taken to another league game, I think. if you get two yellow cards, it, it's the game after. So it's, it's, yeah. it's just because it's a registration card. Stage, yeah. That's why, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So for the for yellow, accumulated yellows, you won't miss the card. Right. But for a red, you will. It's complete. That's like, ridiculous. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, did, I have to feel for the guy, you know, he may get more chances of trophies because he's with Newcastle and they're going in one direction. But nonetheless, you know, he's not been, in, a, as far as I know, in a final, apart from maybe, maybe a playoff final, Nick yeah. Pope. And... It's a massive day and what a shame. Yeah, a real shame, real tragedy for, for Nick Pope. Yeah. He's probably one of our most important players on the pitch. Um, thankfully, we have uh, Bruno Gomez back in midfield for us mm. on Sunday. So hopefully that will give um, you know, some, some positive vibes uh, for yeah. the rest of the team. But yeah, Pope is a big loss. Yeah. Um, you, what is frightening is uh, May United's form at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're really getting in the zone, so Yeah. And what's also frightening is, I think one of your other guys is cup-tied, even though you, you loaned him to Man United, so he can't play for you. But if Man United win, he wins a, a medal, which is a bit bizarre. Also, what this means is that Carrius is playing, not to mention Liverpool too much. For about three years, and, and and ironically, as we speak, Liverpool playing Real Madrid tonight. Uh, but an infamous game from whenever it was, two, three, four years ago, whatever it was, the European Cup final. Is, do you have any hope with Carrius in goal? I mean, I think he's been defined probably cruelly and disproportionately by that one match, hasn't he? Really. He's a decent goalie, isn't he? I'm, I'm dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> After seeing that performance in the last cup final of his, yeah, I'm, I'm dreading it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and what's that? I, can't, I haven't got the glasses on, Phil. Yeah. We don't Real Madrid win. are currently winning five. We, we don't want to five two. That. Real Madrid are winning five two. I believe there's an error on the BBC website. At surely we're not losing five two at home. I said it off earlier when it was three two just a few minutes yeah, ago. No, uh, what the hell's going on with Liverpool and Real Madrid? I can't stand Real Madrid. No. I want you to win that game. Yeah. And every time you play, you, you play them. It's, it's going wrong. Yeah, I died. We're 2 0 up as well. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. We'll um, sort them out next year in the Champions League for you, Dino. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. And on that, on that cheery note, <laughs> dreaminess, uh, thank you very much to Dino for his debut. Well, very glad to have you on the podcast. No, good to be there. Great to have you back, Phil. Thank and you very much. We'll be chatting on Film Fights. Yes. Look it up, everybody. And thank you on his debut as well to Gareth, our. New Hong Kong seagull, dare I, dare I proffer the notion. Thank you, Jaigin. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes, thanks there to Dino, to Phil and to Gareth for finishing off the, uh, the match chat 
to do with the Fulham game and other things besides. Um, thank you also to our other contributors for this Fulham episode, to uh, our preview guys, the Hong Kong Seagulls, Tiffany and Ryan, and to everyone else, our usual posse during the match day part of the pod. And um, that um, signs things out in terms of the Fulham game, other than just on further reflection to say, uh, really disappointed. I think the time-wasting tactics um, were not befitting of a team of Fulham's calibre and the way they played most of this season. I know they play a counter-attacking style and try to grab late goals to get results, which is fine. But unfortunately, on this occasion, um, atypically, according to Fulham fans I've spoken to, they um, resorted to spoiling tactics and to time-wasting, to feigning hedge injuries, and that sort of stuff is anti-football, as far as I'm concerned. And I think it's below Fulham. I think they're a good club and they, they play a good brand of football, so I'm very, very disappointed in them. I'm also disappointed we didn't take our chances, of course. That's another way around. Um, it was harder to create chances against a team of the low block, which is what Fulham were after... I think 10 minutes of flamboyance. Um, I suppose it's credit in one way to Marco Silva to change tactics to try and negate our threat, but um, I think they went too far. But in terms of our chances, yeah, I mean, Undav, um, as a powder puff header, couldn't generate any power on it after a, a bouncing ball from the left side. Um, maybe he could have got more direction on that. That was a tricky one. He did manage to get a more dangerous header on target, uh, just off target, um, short while afterwards. Um, Buenanote, again, seems to have got ahead of Enciso and Sarmiento in the pecking order. And um, it looks like he's, uh, he's going to play a part. It looks like De Zerbi fancies him to step up just this season. We all thought maybe next year. It looks like it might be part of the equation going forwards for the rest of this campaign. Not least because we've heard news that Adam Lallana's innocuous-seeming injury from the Leicester game, which took him off the pitch um, just after we'd scored one of our goals... Um, has turned out to be a season-ending injury, as it appears to be the case now. De Zerbi at the weekend stating that it's longer term than we had hoped, and it's a leg injury, and it's since been confirmed that he is effectively out for the season. So he'll be a big loss. Buenanote, and maybe the others he's jumped ahead of, Enciso and Sarmiento, need to step up and fill the void. We do need to break down teams better than we did uh, in this game. Lewis Dunk's header as well, a bit disappointing. Webster went piling in, trying to get another header at one point. We're just not quite getting the goals from the centre-backs, are we, at the moment? But um, hopefully, looking forwards, we can do that. Um, there is a big debate raging about the feigning of head injuries. We'll get onto that when I'm chatting to Peter or whoever else on the next episode, um, because I think this is a, a big subject. There's been a lot of chat on WhatsApp groups that I'm on in this regard. So we'll come to that later on. But um, in the meantime, we've got a break of this weekend, of course, because Newcastle are involved in the League Cup final. So we have a break until our FA Cup fifth round game on Tuesday evening away at Stoke. Can we do it on a cold Tuesday night? in Stoke. We'll find out in just a few days' time. We'll have our next podcast after that, by the way, uh, to review that and to get Peter's thoughts on both that and the uh, Fulham game as well, no doubt. Um, so that's that. Um, final word, really, just a couple of uh, few couple of bits of news. And um, we'll, we'll start with that. So first of all, our good, good old friends, Crystal Palace. The game we were supposed to play with them and indeed a game with Bournemouth as well, in September, were postponed initially due to the Queen's death and then to a rail strike subsequent to that. Um, the Palace game was finally announced just a few days ago as being the 16th of March. Um, and almost immediately, 
the rail companies announced there was a rail strike, or the, the unions did anyway, um, on the 16th of March. So that's had to be brought forwards. The club have requested and had granted that to be brought forward 24 hours. So it's now on Wednesday, the 15th of March in the evening. But rail strikes tend to start to open out early evening the night before the actual strike day. So will people be able to get home okay after a match? Um, you know, at about 10 o'clock in the evening? I don't know. I, I don't know if they've had any assurances from the relative parties or not at the club, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm driving, so I don't mind. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So that's Palace at home at the Amex on the 15th of March. We've also now had news of rescheduling date for that other game postponed in September, which is the Bournemouth away game. We will now play um, the Cherries at the Vitality Stadium on Tuesday the 4th of April with a 7.30 kickoff. And just for reference, there's a couple of other games um, to do with TV that have been announced for April. One involves a reschedule, the other doesn't. The one that does involve a reschedule is Man City. That game, uh, also at the Amex, um, is now on Sunday the 23rd of April with a 4.30 kickoff. It's live on Sky Sports. And then our game away at Nottingham Forest on Wednesday, the 26th of April, 7.30, is still on that date and time, but it is now to be shown live on BT Sport. We haven't had many TV games, have we, all things considered and how well we're playing, but uh, it's good to see that we're going to get that. So so uh, that's the update on Albion News. Um, any further or wider discussions we'll cover on the next episode. But one final bit of news from the general world of football, and it's sad news. As I record this on Thursday morning, um, we've heard the news that John Motson, affectionately known to all in the football world as Motty, um, has passed away. Uh, he retired a few years ago uh, from a long and excellent career as a football commentator um, on all the seminal moments that you can imagine through decades of BBC coverage, uh, most particularly in terms of TV coverage. Uh, he was the foremost voice and commentator of his day. And a great guy, um, seemed to be a lovely chap, and he's just part of the football furniture, isn't he, in England? And um, it's with a great sadness that we have to say that he has passed away at the age of 77. Um, so rest in peace, Motti. We'll be back next time with a podcast post-Stoke, probably. In the meantime, final notice board thing, if you could possibly give us a review. We need some more reviews, guys. Um, five stars on iPhone would be fantastic. Um, that would be the best scenario for us. Um, if you can review us and write anything, that's fine as well. All of that helps with algorithms to get us more um, more interest and um, possibly better guests as well in the future. Um, we'll see how that goes. But thank you if you can give us any reviews either on uh, on iTunes or on any of the other platforms available. Also, um, you can sign up and contribute um, to us as well on Patreon. All the details are in the episode notes on this podcast and indeed others. Um, but thank you again for listening as always. And until next time, stand or fall up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.